The 124th edition of the OHL in 60 podcast is dedicated to our friend and longtime listener of the show, Matt Rowe and his family. Our thoughts and prayers are with you at this time, Matt. This is the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. Thought we were done with winter. What, what are we doing here? That was uh, Monday was not very good for everyone out there. Uh, thankfully, no teams had to travel, but uh, yeah, we're recording. But outside really sucks right now. Weather outside is frightful. Hey, it should never be bad weather after Christmas. That should be a rule. I'm thinking. It can snow on Christmas, and after that, who cares? Yeah, exactly. Anyone likes the snow? Does anyone – oh, that's a question. Does anyone like the snow past Christmas? There's not a chance. Yeah, that's a solid question. Poll question right now. That's a poll question, Right now. Yeah. Um, Maybe we'll update it at the end of the show, too. All right. But um, right here, quote for quote – that is, yeah, no, because, I mean, a, a drive from home or from work to get home is about 12 minutes, 12, 13 minutes, depending on stupidity on the road. Um, today, it was probably 40 or 45. Uh, I don't think I did over 40, maybe once. But, uh, yeah, um, saw a couple of transport trucks that couldn't get up a hill. That was... Uh, that was really enjoyable. Well, that's the worst. I feel so bad for them. Oh, I don't. <laughs> yeah, but they got a lot of pressure. Like, they got a lot on those loads. And, hey, by the way, um, you weren't that person on the floor, um, on the highway this morning outside of Brantford going 156 and 100, were you? I, saw this, I was not. I saw this morning someone got busted, get, and then their response was just, like, laughing it off. Hmm. Like... Nice people. Nice work. From Brantford? I would have met. It was a delivery driver. Ah. Well, I don't know. But there you go. Pretty bad. Yeah, <laughs> pretty bad. Um, the response, you imagine you get pulled over. And not that you want to get pulled over, but the last thing I would do if I got pulled over was smile at the person. Like, I had no idea what was going on. Yeah, no kidding, eh? That'd be tough. Yeah. Oh, well. I think that'd be... Uh... Yeah. If someone driving past them, I'd laugh. I always laugh. But yeah, I can well, see the one from uh, Brantford, Ontario, soon to be St. Catharines, Ontario. Yeah. Congratulations on that to you and Alexa. Um, Thanks, but yeah, I can just uh, see you soon uh, from St. Catharines, your neighbors out there. And like, I think I said that the other day. I can just see you at 75 years old sitting outside, get off my yard. Oh geez, yeah, that'd be me. I, I and I'd still be drinking too. I have a <laughs> beer in my hand. What's your go-to? Oh, that's, you that's tough. Mine, you already know mine lately. What I would say, yeah, yeah, KW uh, cider. Yeah, KW um, cider. It's good. Gotta yeah, get I'd probably have a uh, big tall uh, can of Budweiser. Nice, good to know. Nice. Have the red light next to me as well. Ooh, hey, yeah, hey, uh, if anyone from Budweiser wants to send us a uh, red light, send us two, yes. one each. Um, we need 
the Red Wings are scoring a lot lately. So let's go. Well, hey, we can have Christmas after after uh, after Christmas time with those lights. The amount of goals they've been scoring lately. So that's good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, let's uh, let's get right into it. We missed last week. Uh, some stuff happened after hours. So unable to record last week, but we're back this week. Uh, there is one thing I do want to uh, talk about first off. It won't take very long, but uh, we'll get to that in a second here. Uh, here's a rundown of kind of what we're going to go through, of course, as we always do. Uh, headlines, thoughts on the past weekend, games that caught our eye. Uh, we'll discuss players of the week. And we'll finally get to that over-under uh, segment that we've been uh, wanting to do. Over-under 100 points. Mm. We'll decide this as we go along 50 or 40 goal scores um, over under as well. So that'll come up more than likely in segment number two uh, playoffs. Got about a month away. Uh, yeah, time well, to we start can... looking at uh, potential playoff matchups. We've got teams that are uh, have already that. clinched. Yeah. We've, we had a good debate with about that. Uh, Troy is the car uh, color That's commentator for the, uh, for the Hamilton Bulldogs. Um, Reed Duthie joined in our conversation as well. So we'll talk about that. Uh, Throughout the show, you know, games to watch this upcoming weekend. And of course, as we always uh, finish it off, the power rankings for the week. But first off, uh, because it happened, you know, we're looking a couple of weeks ago and I was going to highlight it on last week's show, but then of course, uh, unable to record. Um, Windsor Spitfires held their annual uh, Mickey Reno game. I just wanted to mention that as Colin Ward liked something on Twitter and his computer felt the need to. That's my fault. Yeah. You know what? Um, That's a rookie mistake right there. And just like that, it's going to be muted. There you go. I can't believe that. That's terrible. Be better. Yeah. Come on. That's, that's embarrassing. Um, Yeah. The, uh, the Mickey Reno game happened uh, of course, about a week, week and a half ago, I want to say, um, and yeah, I don't think we can talk about how much uh, he still has an impact on the Windsor community, the Windsor Spitfires in general. Um, you know, you see number 18 in more than one spot at the WFCU Center. Uh, so I just wanted to point that out. And I've actually got up uh, uh, the schedule leading up to uh, to his passing way back when. So, um, you know, he played his final home game, which I was at, um, at the Old Barn. Uh, 3-2, Windsor lost to Saginaw. Uh, that was on uh, Valentine's Day. And then uh, Spitfires would go for two on the road. That included a stop in Sarnia, a 4-3 overtime loss on the 15th, and then a uh, 4-1 win in Owen Sound at the Bayshore on the 17th before um, he would pass away on the 18th. So I just wanted to point that out. Uh, the Mickey Reno game is always a uh, always a big deal in the Windsor community, big deal in the Ontario Hockey League. So uh, I just wanted to mention that before, uh, before we moved on because it is a big deal. So, all right. Um, to the show thoughts on the weekend, Colin, um, you know, a couple more teams clinched a spot in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, starting to really get an idea of what we're going to be looking at in round one, kind of more in the Western conference than the East, just because of the battle from six through nine that we have in Eastern conference, which we'll get to, of course, um, as part of that, uh, you know, playoff segment about a month out, uh, we got until the postseason. but, uh, just overall thoughts on the weekend, Colin, there were some games that, you know, shocked us. The Windsor Spitfires losing the first two on their road trip Ottawa. before taking care of Kingston 8-4 on Sunday. 
I know that that's a talking point we'll probably get to as well. Uh, Marco Costantini, you know, about a week, just under a week after his team gets shut out, a 40 save shut out by Tristan Malbuff. Marco Costantini does the same thing to the Sioux Greyhounds, 40 saves, a three, nothing shutout for the Rangers. So that that's big, but uh, uh, for Colin, for you, what, what, what's something that stood out to you? What do you want to chat about as we open yeah, up this week's show? Yeah, there's a few things, Reese, from the last couple of weeks. First off, Thursday night, Brantford, Ontario. Pretty cool. Yes, yes. Um, pra- uh, first practice, first public appearance for the Bulldogs. Um, nice experience. Uh, we had boots on the ground, and it was really good. Um, nice uh, setup. Boots they have on the there. ground, that's nice. Guess yeah, you like that, that one right? often. Yeah, yeah you like good. that one. Yeah, big um, fan of that. By the way, it's Monday night we're recording. Monday we got the snow. I did a snow angel today. So Did you? Oh yeah, it was sweet. Rated out of ten, what would you give it out of ten? Like, I, just I know your girlfriend's in the background. I don't know if she want to weigh in here. What are we? What I are we thinking here for Colin Ward's? Uh, here we go. Three. Colin Ward's Snow Angel. One. Ten out of ten. All right, there you go. Right. Hey, that would be Wardy. Look at you. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was good. And then um, did a little spring training action. Um, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I seen that on your uh, on your story. That was good. <laughs> you like that one? Yeah. yeah. Um, little spring training action, but uh, she yeah, throw better than you can. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, took me forever to hit that rock. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but fun. It was a fun night Thursday. Very good atmosphere there in Brantford. Yeah, I think if it wasn't for the weather, it would have been a lot more full. Yeah, um, I agree. Very cool. Very exciting. I mean, some of the uh, renovations, I don't know how much we can and can't say yet, but we'll wait till it comes out. We'll talk about it more in the summer, but there's a lot of big uh, changes coming to Civic Center. Mm-hmm. I mean, the boards need to be changed and they will be changed. I guess everyone would know that the lighting needs to be a lot better. Yeah. Um, that glass will be, will be switched up and you can hear that. Uh, how many times did we the think players- the glass broke? And you see how many times the players were looking at the boards, thinking like like testing out the boards, like banging pucks off the boards, yeah. um, and stuff like that. So that was a, uh, and you could see the difference between. It would almost have a Peterborough effect, eh? The PMC effect. You kind of play it Ooh, to your advantage because you play in it. Obviously, it won't happen. It'll be changed. But that that's the kind of feel that the players were feeling it out, like yeah. you said. And okay, how do we work this to our advantage? And then they, of course they realized, oh wait, days won't be here next year. So what's yeah. the point? But yeah, just keep it. Yeah, no, I I agree, Colin. It was good. Hundreds of people came out. Uh, they had the sections listed on the wall and behind the seats, so you kind of got an idea if you had placed a deposit on your season tickets, or were still thinking about placing a deposit. As Colin Ward shows off that Brantford Bulldog sweater, oh, nice. um, you know, you kind of had that option to see what section was where. Of course, they brought the big Bulldog sign with the Bulldog's head behind it with the fake fire, and that that was awesome. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah. You got tons of news outlets there. CTV Kitchener was there. You saw CHCH there. Um, Every Brantford paper known to man that is around was there. So, you know, it's a, there's a lot of hype, not just from fans. I mean, the media is clearly present They're They clearly care and they're excited to have an Ontario hockey league team there because, well, everybody's seen the success of the local hockey teams over the last few years. And uh, yeah. yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. But uh, yeah, no, it was it, like a lot of excitement. The benches were filled with media photographers. Um, you know, fans were cheering as players were introduced onto the ice. Merrick Van Acker got a nice round of applause as he came on the ice. The Delhi, Ontario. Who doesn't native, like so. you know, from the Delhi, Ontario, right? Like, come on. 
it's a it's a friendly city you um, guys you guys are okay i guess oh exactly you know a little nuts but it's all good better than simcoe i can agree with that i'm not hey, a big simcoe hey, guy hey simcoe has zero oba championship to it's not for <laughs> delhi ontario baseball association delhi put simcoe on the map had to get that jab in there. Had to get that jab in there. All right. What up, Kitch? You wait till I get the text from it. What the heck? Oh, well. He Good knows it that. deep down. He knows oh, yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Um, locker room, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another thing I wanted to, to point out, congratulations to Marty Williamson uh, becoming the winningest head coach in Barry Colt's history. Uh, that was a 6-3 final. Uh, against the Oshawa Generals. This was career win number 306 behind the Barry Colts bench, uh, surpassing the late great Dale Howard, Chuck. Uh, yeah, and it was a it was a big night overall for the Colts. I mean, Ethan Cardwell gets goal number 30 and 31 uh, in that mm-hmm. game. Tyler Savard had a couple of goals and an assist. Um, yeah, and just, just con- contributions day. from all around. Brant Clark continues to be unreal. Like it was a, just a special night all around for the Colts there. And of course, Marty Williamson, he got, he got the walk on the ice. He came out, raised his hands to the crowd and, uh, and, uh, thanked them for, for all their appreciation. Yeah. Speaking of Brant Clark, 135 points to break the Barry Colts, uh, defenseman record as well. Mm-hmm. Sunday in Niagara yes. at Meridian center against the ice dogs for the Barry Colts. Just, I mean, they might, they walked the ice dogs in that game. Oh, wow. I mean, the Wolves walk the Bulldogs, so us working for the Bulldogs, you really can't talk, but wow. Um, Barry looks really good. Barry's coming on at the right time, and um, they look really good. And Shots I, in that game were 52-18 to 18 for Barry. Yeah, and they and both goalies, I mean, West got pulled, and so did uh, Rosenzweig, I believe, and then Flores came in. Um, but, uh, yeah, I believe uh, all four goalies in the game, so two on each side got to play, so that's all mm-hmm. right. Almost felt like a preseason game, so that would be a interesting yeah. game to be at. But um, yeah, I mean, if you're a Barry Colts fan, you of course love right. to be there. But yeah, if you're, well, if you're a young player on Niagara, right, you learn a lot by getting smoked. Um, I remember like my one year, we lost like and the, like we lost a lot, and then like the following year, we had a decent team, and like I feel like you you learn a lot more from losing. Um, I mean, when you win all the time, you don't learn and. I mean, covering the Bulldogs, we see that all the time. I mean, the yeah. Bulldogs hit adversity this year. They lost six or seven in a row um, when it rains, it pours. And uh, um, that was a big learning experience. I mean, guys like Pompey, Ryan Humphrey, um, Ryan Winterton out of the lineup for them, those two yeah. now the nights. But, like, those guys haven't lost before. I mean, Logan Morrison, uh, Avery Hayes, those guys never lost last year. I mean, the Bulldogs didn't lose a game out in home ice since December 27th. Mm-hmm. Um Last year, I mean, Ryan Winterton lost his first home game in London this year on like January 9th or something along those lines. Like that was the first home game he's lost in like a over a year. So that's pretty impressive. And um, it's just like sometimes the development teams you got to learn how to lose before you learn how to win. It's not fair. Yeah. It can be a it can be a cold world sometimes, but you got to bundle up. And um, <laughs> not fun. you got all the sayings going tonight, eh, Warren? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm not a day late and a dollar short today. What up, Mickey Redmond? Got to get that one in there, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. As hopefully the Red Wings can beat the Ottawa Sanders back-to-back and uh, get back in that wild-card spot for us. But um, also, Sudbury Wolves um, athletic athletic therapist and equipment manager Dan Bucklin on family day celebrated his 1,000th game in the Ontario Hockey League against the Peterborough Peets. 
Got to shout that out. I mean, equipment managers are so crucial, and they don't get enough respect. And I mean, Sunday Sunday morning, I guess, afternoon, we were talking to David Bowen about equipment managers in Sudbury, right? Sudbury comes into Hamilton after Erie. They don't get back to bed at their hotels till 4.30 in the morning, Sunday morning, and they play at 2 o'clock in Hamilton the following, like that day. Mm-hmm. Um, equipment managers, they're always there. And then they get at the rink. 2 o'clock game, they get to the rink by 8, 9 o'clock. Like, they're there early. So... You know, you basically sleep at the rink and you get no, you don't get the, you don't get all the glory. You don't, um, you don't get the recognition you deserve. And those equipment managers definitely de- deserve a lot of respect. And I mean, that's one of the things, right? You make the NHL and you make all that money. It's one of the things you're always taught when you come into the league. Make sure you treat your equipment managers with respect. Um, yeah. Make sure you take care of them. And I mean, there's been a few stories around um, the NHL where you hear guys that, I mean, they spend more time with the equipment managers than they do the teammates. Um, it, and it's just the way it is. They're a crucial part of the team. And uh, I just want to make sure we shouted that one out because um, congrats on that one, Dan. And a thousand games, that's a lot mm-hmm. in the OHL. That's a lot of bus rides, a lot of truck drives by yourself from Sudbury to Erie to Hamilton, back to Sudbury on a Sunday, you know. And, the, yeah. but, and when you do that, when the teams travel like that with the truck, like I'm thinking about teams on the top of my head, um, the odd time Hamilton will – um Sudbury does Kitchener does I feel like Kitchener does a lot Flint does um but those types of teams right you're traveling all over the place they don't really get the recognition they deserve um and those equipment managers sometimes they have to wait the longest to get out of the rink when the teams leave right away because if you lose a hockey in the OHL and it's a tough game the team's basically they're gone like Reese, you can attest to this. Doing post game shows, your post game show is probably two minutes long. It's wrap it up, especially when you yeah when you lose. Absolutely, you know, it is. Yeah, you better catch that bus. And um, the equipment managers are always there. Um, last ones to leave, first ones in. And um, congrats, Dan, on that one. And thanks to all the equipment managers that do what they do because it doesn't. Um, nothing floats without them. That's for sure. And. Uh, there's a lot of great ones around the league. Mm-hmm. Um, also, we have another record in the Ontario Hockey League race. Um, last weekend, Zane Parrick uh, broke their rookie uh, goals record for a defenseman. Previously, 19 goals. The record stood for 35 years, Reese. Um, he broke it with his 20th. Uh, Parrick's a heck of a hockey player. I mean, we saw him put a clinic on in Hamilton earlier this year, back in October, November. Mm-hmm. Um, where he was one of the best players on the ice. I love his game. Um, and... Congrats to Zane, and uh, not surprised what a year he's had. Twenty goals as a sixteen-year-old, that's impressive. Bad, eh? That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen every year. I mean, thirty-five years in our lifetime, Reese. This is the first time, right? We're twenty-four, turning twenty-five years old, and it's pretty like it's wild to see how long that went. There's been a lot of good defensemen in this league, and the fact that it hasn't been broken in thirty-five years just shows how good Zane is. And uh, hopefully, a future show guest in the summer, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be pretty sweet, eh? Back-to-back yeah, I mean, years with uh, Spirit players. That'd be uh, yeah. yeah that'd we gotta be keep good. That, I think we got to keep that going, um, especially with that draft class that they had. They had such a good mm-hmm. draft class. And then, I mean, in my opinion, they got to get the Mem Cup. I mean, when I look at the teams, they have to. Um, them and Kingston, I would believe the two teams are down for. I mean, it's a big ask for Sue to get those guys to commit. Sue St. Marie has guys, but they're not committed. Um, and those co- guys that are at – once you get boots on the ground at the college, they're proud. They're done. Yeah. Um, and like, it's tough, right? Once you're committed. I mean, we saw that Frank, Niz- Frank Nazar goes to Michigan over London. Right. And you see that like London Knights feel, I mean, for years they've gotten every American that's a five-star recruit to any college. And um, 
you can, it's it's tough. It is very tough to recruit kids to come to Ontario to play. And um, no no disrespect to Sault Ste. Marie. I mean, I love Sault Ste. Marie. Um, really nice facility they have there. One of the best facilities in the league. But it's pretty cold in the winter. Um, it's a long way for family and stuff from from the states. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what they can do. But I think that's the best case for Sault Ste. Marie to get it just if they can get those guys to commit, but mm-hmm. decision should be made here shortly within the next month. Cause it's, we're going into March mm-hmm. and uh, tomorrow. So it's interesting. So I would imagine it will be out within the month uh, before playoffs for next year's Mem cup, because Cam mm-hmm. loops, Cam loops was out before Cam loops was out mid March, I believe last year. So mm-hmm. it should be out soon. And then my last one, um, current playoffs, current playoff teams, Windsor, London, Ottawa, North Bay, and Barry. Barry just gets in on Sunday after their win against the Niagara Ice Dogs. And uh, those are your playoff teams right now. Um, Sarnia should be next. Sarnia should get in this weekend. Yep, um, you I know think. they have a big one with a lot of nights. Uh, London losing two after their first game on Friday night, which, by the way, what a hockey in that one was. Um, to be able to go, that was nice. Uh, fun game to go to on Saturday, on Friday night in London. But um, tough game. A tough weekend for a lot of nights, losing the next two, and uh, that'll be a big one for the Sarnia Sting. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and sticking with the Sarnia Sting, I'm glad you brought them up. Uh, their inaugural um, Hall of Fame, um, you know, their inaugural class was announced earlier this week. We're going to start with Robert Cicerelli, uh, of course, uh, brother of Larry and uh, and Colin. We know Dino uh, pretty well with his time with the uh, Detroit Red Wings, but the, uh, the original Dino owner and governor. Of the Sarnia Sting that began in 1994, helped bring what is now a one of the nicest buildings um, in the Ontario Hockey League in the Western hey, that Conference. Upgrade. That upgrade Sarnia is getting too. Yeah, um, yeah. They had a little bit a couple of years ago. They added the ribbon around the uh, around that I upper like that level, arena. which looks way better. Yeah, Bulldogs um, go there in a couple of weeks. Can't wait. Yeah, um, I really like that arena. Um, that trip's a good one for the Bulldogs, eh? Because you go Sarnia, Flint, Saginaw. Mm-hmm. Like, that's Just a tough Sarnia on a Wednesday. Oh, it's not fun. Especially in um, storms like this, but. Yeah, the 402 is a joke. Yes, uh, absolutely. Yep. So, Robert Cicerelli, number one. John Sim, former player uh, yeah. from 94 to 98. 211 games played. He racked up 311 points. Yeah, I'd say that's pretty good. Yeah, um, yeah, I just like the photo they provided with him, that throwback Sarnia Sting jersey and those old Cooper helmets. Um, definitely def- definitely uh nice throwback. Um, we were just being born in 1998 yeah. when he finished his career with the Sarnia Sting. Sorry to make you sound old, John, John if you're listening to this, but uh, uh, yeah. Um, and then Trevor Letowski, number three. He was a player as well as a coach. Played from 94 to 97, played in 187 games, had 248 points, and was also a coach from 2010 to 2015. So those are your three um, members heading to the Sarnia Sting Hall of Fame. And one last thing, and this kind of leads into our uh, games that caught our eye from this past week, and um, it revolves around Marco Costantini, and I mentioned his shutout against the Sioux Greyhounds. Um, on Sunday, like I said, 40 saves, which the Greyhounds actually outshot the Rangers in that game, 40 to 38. Um, and this is in reference as well. That was, a big that? Game for the play- that was a big game for the playoff implications yes. as well. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, and I, I read this article from Josh Brown, uh, writer for the record um, in KW, kind of just the workload that Marco Costantini has had over the last, well, about year and a half, year and three quarters as we head into the final month of the season. Um, you know, last year he played 45 regular season games for the Bulldogs, tied with Roman Bazrin uh, for the OHL lead. Of course, he played all the way throughout the playoffs and into the Memorial Cup. Yeah, and that that's what he's trying to do with the Kitchener Rangers right now. Uh, you know, yeah. do some math. Um, 109 games played for Marco Costantini since September of 2021. Um, yeah, I, the workload has been unreal. Marco Costantini is still playing at a very high level. And, uh, yeah, it's good to see. It's good to see he's getting another shot to chase a, uh, chase another championship with Kitchener because, uh, you know, he deserves it. He's a good guy. We talked to him after the championship last year as Colin Woods trying to high five him for some reason. Half um, guy, you got that. Proud of you. Thanks, man. That was appreciate that That's was all serious. Josh Brown, though. I'm just yeah. reading. Oh, hey, don't yeah, I, I didn't do a whole yeah, lot. Just, math just, oh, just run with the stats there with the math. Um, I was giving you credit there. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get credit somehow, I guess. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to mention that. I thought that article was really good from Josh Brown about the yeah. workload that you've seen Marco Costantini have. Uh, and it was like for Hamilton, it was like he was in his glory days. Like Mateo Drawback could easily go any night um, yeah. and, and win. So, you know, that also, also helped with Marco. I mean, maybe you're looking at him playing five to 10 more games. If Mateo Drawback isn't what he was last year, there were certain games where you'd probably start Marco Costantini instead of Mateo sure. Drawback, which would have obviously made the workload a lot more. Bulldogs may have not had the result that they did. Um, but they had the team in front of them as well. Yeah, we forget a lot about that. The team in front of Marco Costantini and Matteo Drobak last year was just absolutely unreal. So, you know, it's no surprise to see Marco Costantini with this amount of games, but you, know, you have to wonder yeah, what it's going to be like in the playoffs, right? When Kit- if Kitchener's heading in as a bottom seed, playing those top teams, it'll be interesting to see how that kind of plays out. So, I just wanted to mention that and shout out to, uh, to, to Josh Brown for, for a really good article. And I mean, he's one of the best in the league. So if anyone has a chance to follow him on Twitter, do so. Um, and all, all of his articles, you can see uh, KW record. Um, yeah. So I would recommend you do that. Yeah, absolutely. My one question is about that one though. I thought Marco kind of reeled a little bit. I mean, heck of a goaltender. I mean, player of the week about every other week there at the second half of the season of last year but the one thing i thought with marco i thought he was tired in that windsor series um mm-hmm. kind of ran out of gas a little bit but so that's the one thing i look at kitchener and we saw that with brett brochu last year with the london knights where uh, brett brochu wasn't 100 the one thing i'm worried about is and let's see how is he tired getting into that playoff series because that first round is going to be a tough one for them there's going to be a very good team a team that sold a lot of picks this before the deadline from the summer on to the deadline um, get beat out in the first round between either London, Windsor, or Kitchener. There's going to be a very, those teams are all good. One of those teams could end it in the first round or will end in the first round of Kitchener mm-hmm. stays in the eighth or seventh spot. And it's an uphill battle to get into that sixth spot. So I'd imagine seven, eighth. Um, right now, it'd be Kitchener, London in the first round. That's a tough one. And uh, I don't think any of those teams will want to face the Kitchener Rangers. So if you're London or Windsor, you actually want Kitchener to win because you don't want to play that team in the first round. And, uh, 
Marco Costantini is one of the big reasons. I mean, and I think the Kitchener defense are starting to play a little bit better. Um, mm-hmm. The games that we've the games that we've saw, um, I thought their defense haven't played terrible. I think their defense have improved a little bit throughout the year, and they're starting to play as a unit, which is nice to see. And um, Costantini, me being able to make forty saves if the belly out too is a good one. He made a lot of big saves last year too for the Bulldogs because the Bulldogs, let's be honest, they they were up in the rush. Those defense were active last year. I mean. Um, Jordan Donovan is a 17 year old last year in his draft year was active. I mean, Nathan Steos, OHL defenseman of the year. Um, Arbor Jack, I, they, those guys, you took the leash off and let, let the dogs do whatever they wanted to do at points last year. So he had some, he had a lot of help last year as well, but he built a lot of, he built those defensemen out a lot last year. And you're seeing Costantini do that as well this year. So mm-hmm. um, good for Marco. Hopefully he keeps that up. And it was fun seeing him um, because after the game, the OHL championship, because you don't, we never really got much out of him last year. Like media wise, you really didn't hear a lot out of Marco Costantini. He's not really a talker, um, but it was very interesting to hear him last year. This The relief almost in his voice. You could really get that sense of relief um, when he uh, was an OHL champion after that buzzer. And uh, that was the most, that was probably the most vocal I've heard him. And uh, it was definitely the most talkative interview he's given anybody that year. So uh, congrats on that one, Reese, because I don't think he, I mean, we heard most of the interviews he did. I mean, quite frankly, you don't give interviews. I mean, of Marco Costantini, because he doesn't give much up. Very good guy. Very good guy. But he's just quiet. He's a goalie. Goalies talk a lot or they don't talk a lot. I mean, I talk a lot. I got the, I got the left side, but um, goalies are weird. <laughs> Goalies are weird. Hey, when you're getting pucks to the head, and I tell this story all the time, and I got a puck to the head, first shift of the game, the guy takes a slap shot from center ice, nails me right in the head. And then, like, all of a sudden I'm talking all the time. But, uh, yeah, goalies are a rare breed. Um, they're different. So, uh, but Marco Costantini's a good one, that's for sure. And uh, hopefully he keeps this going. Delhi goalies are different too, so. Hey, yeah, yeah. So picture this: I'm left-handed. I'm left-handed. Weird. I was a goalie, a catcher, pitcher, left-handed catcher. Yeah. Um, rare, rare breed. Rare, right weird. Yeah. Yeah. I talk a lot. Sometimes I talk, and I don't even know where it's going. It just goes. What movie quote was that? There's a movie. It's like sometimes I. T- oh no, that wasn't the movie. That's the quote from The Office. Uh, Michael yeah. Scott. Sometimes I just talk, and hopefully the sentence just goes to where I want it to be. That's my that's my method. That's my logic. Sometimes I don't think before I speak, and this hopefully it's good. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. Well, there you what go. Yeah. Exactly. Um, before we hit the break, let's get to the players of the week. And chips on it. What do you expect? <laughs> oh my god. Literally. Oh geez. All right. Let Let's get to it. Yeah. I don't. I don't know what that is. <laughs> okay cool there's no video thank god uh <laughs> goaltender of the week from the peterborough beats michael simpson third time that he is the ohl goaltender of the week he had a perfect weekend three and oh he had a shutout a 1.33 goals against average save percentage of 963 that included a four nothing i always forget that we count mondays in this um but it was a four nothing like family day win over the Sudbury Wolves for him to start the week um, for the Peterborough Peets. And that also included a 6-2 victory over the Windsor Spitfires, um, which was big for the Peets. They kind of needed that. So uh, he takes home the honor for the third time this season. Also, 
uh, in the mix, and this is why I wanted to mention it. Uh, Owen Sound Attack rookie goaltender Carter George turned aside 76 shots. He was one and one, but he had a goals against average of 1.51, save percentage of 962. Also in the running, Tristan Malba for the Hamilton Bulldogs, who has been very good for Hamilton over the last couple of weekends. Two and one. Sunday, he gets it. What's up? If Malbuff wins Sunday, he gets it. Yeah, I think so. I agree. With that, that game Monday against Kitchener. Mm-hmm. The Bulldogs should have lost that game. Yeah. And it wasn't Five. even his fault Sunday against Sudbury Wolves. Yeah. The team wasn't very good. Yeah. Two and one uh, was Malbuff. 1.7 goals against average save percentage of 949. Of course, that did include the shutout against the Kitchener Rangers. Player of the week. From the Guelph Storm, Braden Bowman, Kojiko player of the week. Four goals, five assists for nine points in three games. He was a plus three um, as well. Guelph Storm, 3-0 and this past week. So um, shout out to the yeah, Guelph Storm, who are starting to win at the right time, um, which you always like to see, right? Brent Clark also in consideration for cool. the award. He had one goal and eight assists. Uh, over four games, he was a plus seven as well as the like like we talked about at the start of the show. Franchise record for career points by a defenseman. Also in the running, Maple Leafs prospect Ty Voigt of the Sarnia Sting. Two goals and seven assists for nine points over four games. So there are your players of the week. And we will now hit our first break. When we come back, it is our over-under segment that we've been meaning to get to for a while. Uh, we will talk about the chances for an over-under on 100 points, as well as possibly 40 or 50 goals as well. Look out for the playoffs. What are we looking at a month away? Who do we think is going to see who in round number one? And what are the odds? There are some upsets. So we will get to that next here on the OHL and 60 podcast. Welcome back to the OHL and 60 podcast with Colin Ward. I'm Reese Dumaney. Time to get to the segment that we've been wanting to do for three weeks. Um, over under for the amount of players that get to 100 points. There's one guy that could get there this weekend. Uh, Matthew Maggio, 94 points in 55 games. He's been unreal. There's not much more to say about him. But as we stand, as we talk on Monday, February 27th, show getting released on the 28th of February to round out the month. 80 and above, we sit at six players. 70 and above, we have 16 players. So we kind of have to look at it realistically here. The odds with guys who are at 80 already and the guys who are just at 70 trying to get up uh, to that 80-point mark, right? So I think it's pretty obvious Matthew Maggio is going to get there. He's at 94. Ty Voigt, number two, at 87. Uh, Logan Morrison has 84 points in third. Matt Vey Petrov with North Bays, I got 81. And then the two guys with 80, Amadeus Lombardi and Sasha Pasajov, who has 80 points. In ten less games than Lombardi, <laughs> um, so 
yeah, just, who knows where he'd be if he had those ten games? He might be up with Maggio. We don't, we don't yeah. know. We'd love to know, but um, Colin, we're looking at this with uh, with six guys, eighty points or higher. Might be tough for the guys in the seventies at this point, but yeah, no. What is that over under? What are we looking at? Hundred point guys here. I say the cut lines after Logan Morris. I'd say Morris and Voigt and then Maggio. Obviously, he's going to get that. He'll score fifty and have a hundred points. What a year! Um, what a steal for the New York Islanders. Um, and then Ty Voigt, I would imagine, gets a hundred, um, being thirteen away. Mm-hmm. Um, Logan Morris and depends who Ottawa plays and what Ottawa chooses to do because Ottawa is going to run away with the Eastern Conference. Um, they had a massive weekend. They're bouncing back. A uh, tough one with Oshawa, which is probably one of the statements of the year. That's a, Oshawa's biggest win by far. Um, that probably gets them over the hop and gets them in. And then Kingston with the subtraction there with all the injuries Saturday, that really hurt. Um, and uh, that's a tough one for them. But I would imagine the cut lines after Morrison. So Morrison, Voigt, and Maggio, I would imagine get 100 points. Morrison has 84 points in 52 games. Um, I think he get. I think Morrison gets it. And this is one of those situations where it's tough for us, right? Covering the Bulldogs, being around the Bulldogs, seeing them every day. It's tough because he would have broke the Bulldogs' uh, points record. And that would have been very special. Uh, that would have been very cool. So it's too bad, but congrats for Mo. Uh, what a player he is. Uh, the Ottawa 67s have a good one. I cannot believe he doesn't have a contract. There is so many overagers that I can see playing in the OHL or in the NHL in two seasons. It's it's ridiculous. Um I mean, Morrison sees the ice well. He controls the play. Um, and here's the thing, Ottawa fans, and anyone that's not an Ottawa fan that is going to see the Ottawa 67s play, watch him closely down at ice level. The reason why he doesn't have a contract is because of his skating. But when you watch him with the puck down at ice level and you really watch him close to the play, he's actually a good skater. He's not out of place. So just watch him and see what he does. And um, I think Dave Cameron – is a good coach for him. I mean, Jay McKee, Dave Cameron that year, Dave Cameron, um, I think, it, I mean, he's a hands-on coach. The one thing I love about Ottawa is they don't do the drop-off on the power play. Q, Reese, Dumaney. Horrible, horrible. It's, it's horrible. Yeah. Yeah, and, um, yeah, exactly. And um, I think Morrison, he gets 100. But I don't think Petrov does. I mean, 19 points is tough. 19 mm-hmm. points in 12 games is tough to do. You need a lot, you need a lot of multi-point nights, um, and then you need a big night on top of that. That's tough to do. And, I mean, it's tough for Morrison. Yeah, tough for Morrison at that point, too. But I think Point Magic will get it for sure. I think I mentioned 19 last year had 80 points or more. 19 players last year had 80 points or more. This year, I think 80. I think 18 players get 80 points. Um, just one mark below her. I think – I think George Diaco, who currently sits 18th in the in uh, points, I think he's the cut line, um, 69 points right now in 56 games. I think he gets 80. It'll be very close. It'll be very close, but I think Diaco gets it. Um, Cardwell will get it. Um, or, Curry, or, Curry, or Curry will have to get it. I mean, he will have to. Uh, absolutely. If, if Kitchener wants to move up, he's going to have to. Yeah. Um, Colby Barlow will as a stud. Um, Barlow might get 80 points, but – Next weekend, um, James Hardy will. Mississauga has been humming 72 points in 54 games for him. Matthew Poitra, 73 and 52 for Guelph. If Guelph wants to continue to move, they're going to need Poitra, Carabella. I mean, those guys were so good against London um, the other day, Bowman as well. And uh, those guys are going to have to be very good. 
And uh, the Gulfstorm should have won that game in regulation against a lot of nights on Sunday. I mean, if it wasn't for a defensive miscue shift uh, where Mayu scored and Diaco scored back-to-back um, in a short span, if it wasn't for that, Guelph, win, Guelph wins by two goals in that game, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Guelph had a good weekend, and uh, I think he gets it. Sean McGurn, London Knights, 73-57. Um, he's all over the place. Um, McGurn, always in the battles. He'll get that for sure. Um, Kyle Jackson, North Bay, 73 and 57. He'll get it. Evan Veerling will get it. He's had a very good year, 73 and 50. Um, Francesco Pinelli is going to get 73 and 48. Um, when Pinelli, Archery, those guys are going to have to be very good down the stretch for the Kitchener Rangers to move up in the standings and, poss- and not have that at heart. Well, every matchup's hard, but the chances of them getting over London Windsor in the first round are very slim. Um, mm-hmm. they got to play very good hockey. They have to play a lot better. Um, but so does London and Windsor to play them as well. But um, that's a tough one. So they're going to need those guys to be good. And I think he gets it for sure. Um, Pavel Mintikoff, 75 and 58. He'll get it. Tucker Robertson's going to get it this weekend, 78 and 56. Tucker Robertson could get 90. So when we're looking at that, I see one for 90 points. Robertson will get it 78 and 56. I think Robertson has it has 12 more points left in him. Sasha passed to Joff. I mean, as you mentioned at the start of the segment, Reese, 80 points in 48 games. That's ridiculous. If he had another 10 games, he's already at that 100 points. He's probably right there with Maggio, as you mentioned. Um, he'll get it for sure. He'll get 90, possibly 95. And Mendeus Lombardi, the Red Wing pick, as we got to mention that, being a Red Wing fan. Um, Lombardi, 80 points in 58 games. Um, he'll get it for sure. I think he gets 90 for sure. And um, he'll be rating Grand Rapids next year for the wings. Mm-hmm. And then Pavel, Pavel Mintikoff, 81. He will get 95, probably, I would imagine, 95. is 81 points in 56 games. But that's what I believe here for the points. And um, I think 18 players get it. It's those 18 players. So, so let's go to goals now um, yep. because we also – I think – We'll talk about the 40 and 50 goal mark. Um, we'll start with 50. Uh, right at the top, Maggio, he'll get to 50. He's got 46 goals um, right now. And then there's a drop-off of about five. Colby uh, yeah. Barlow has 41. Nolan Burke's got 40. Um, our Curry's got 39. Christopoulos with 39. Lombardi with 38. And you know The list goes on and on. Morrison, 37. Hardy and Hayes both have 36. Um, tough to see really more than Ten. one or two I guys see two. get 50 goals. When really that one guy, yeah. that's a definite, you would think would be Maggio. You know, yeah. I think Barlow is still a, yeah, Barlow. It, it's all dependent on how Owen sound plays as a team, right? It's, it's, yeah, it, it for me right now, it's a lock at one. And I think it's a stretch for more than that. Yeah, for sure. Um, Barlow. I, I think Barlow will get it. I hope Barlow gets him. He's been stepping on the scene. No one's sound. He's been great. Um, last year, he was one of the best rookies in the league at 16 years old. You saw what he did at the pro- top prospects game. I love Barlow's game. I think he's a star. Um, in my opinion, right now, he's the best player out of the OHL coming into this year's draft. I love Barlow's game. You look at him. You look at Barlow, right? And you look at guys in the draft. I mean, he looks like he's a, he's a man already. He's a man yeah. child. And um, those are the type of guys that you want as a out of the draft. And uh, I think Barlow, I think Barlow goes early. I think Barlow's the first 
player taken out of the OHL this year's draft. I really like Barlow's game. And I think the maturity level is there as well. And a guy like Barlow is for, good for a team that needs to hit. They need to hit on a pick, and it's a safe pick. Um, and if you do good job scouting and you do your uh, and you really do your research on the player, he's a heck of a player to get, and it's a safe pick. Um, Colby Barlow, I hope, gets it. Nine goals is a stretch. It's hard to score goals in the Ontario Hockey League. You'll definitely get 45, but uh, hopefully he gets 50 because it would be nice to have more than one guy get 50. Um, and quickly, I'm going to mention next last year who all got 50. And I Evangelista for sure. Yeah, Evangelista had 55 with the handshake with Sean McGurn. Uh, that was in Guelph. Reese Dumaney with the sick graphic. Was that McGurn? Yep, McGurn. Oh, why did I think it was um, – oh, what's his name? This is bothering me. Defenseman or forward? No, big 10, 10 and 2 guy. Strongest. Strongest. I thought it was Strongest. Strongest? It could have been. I'm drawing a blank, but I knew he had the handshake. Yeah. Um, then Brennan Offman had 50 on the dot. White Johnson had 46. So it's hard to score 50 goals. Two last year scored 50. Then the year before that, two scored 50. It was Nick Robertson at 55 and Jack Quinn at 52. So back-to-back years, this could be the first year where just one player scored 50 goals in the Ontario Hockey League, not being Matthew Maggio of the mm-hmm. Spitfires. But I hope Cole Barlow gets into that mix. Uh, we will see, but hopefully he gets into that mix. And by the way, when you go on the OHL website and look at the goals, when you go to like the least, who has the least goals, I like how it's showing goalies. <laughs> Check out Linus Olmark. How many, how many goals do you think Linus Olmark has over certain players this year? He's outscoring a lot of players, like skaters. That's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. And by the way, that's probably one of the most scariest plays in hockey for a goalie. I mean, I guess when you're hot, you're hot, Boston. I mean, Boston's going to win the Atlantic. You're going to win the East. No problem. But you imagine if he iced the puck or fans on a shot. Like we were talking to David Bowen. Yeah, because it was a one goal game. Yeah. Yeah. And then there were talks on Twitter about having him give up the next one so you get the game winner. So that would have been kind of funny. I mean, as a goalie, you never want to give up the you never want to give up one on purpose. I mean, you're never doing that. So because you know what happens, one leads to another. So exactly. Tough, yeah. It's five o'clock somewhere. Absolutely, sir. All right. The song was humming today. Big five o'clock somewhere. Came before I go insane. Only half fast. <laughs> Karaoke oh. Hour with Colin Ward brought to you by Black Hoodies because that's what Colin's wearing right now. So Yeah, the Branford Bold Eyes was like very sharp. Yeah, not bad. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's no angel there. I'm feeling good. Yeah. Okay. One month out, Colin. We have five teams that have already clinched a spot in the playoffs in the East, Ottawa, North Bay, and Barrie. In the West, London, and Windsor, be all teams yeah. have more than seventy-five points. Uh, Barry has seventy-six, seventy-seven for North Bay, eighty-seven for Ottawa. Yeah, I don't think North Bay's catching them anymore. Um, no, Windsor Spitfires have eighty-one. London Knights have eighty-two. Uh, like you said, Ottawa probably locks up the Eastern Conference within the next couple of weeks. Um, you know, like we said, there was that stretch where North Bay was playing 10 times better than Ottawa. And we were fully on the train of, you know, North Bay's heading in the right direction at the right time. They're going to pass Ottawa. Yeah, there were the tides have changed right now. The Ottawa 67s are 10 points ahead of the North Bay battalion. And 
Well, we mentioned the race for third place because Ottawa and North Bay were already headed to the one and two. Barry Colts are one point behind the North Bay Battalion for first in the Central Division. Barry Colts were my pick to win the Central Division, by the way. So they're proving me right after at the start of the year. I thought I was completely insane picking them. but My uh, picks were terrible this year. My picks were absolutely terrible this year. I can't believe it. Because they last year, last year I had the chance, I had it, so I gotta take a year off. Brutal. <laughs> boy, brutal. Love it. Not really. Um, yeah. But okay, let's start in the West because I think we'll spend the least amount of time on this one. This one's more obvious. London and Windsor are going to be the one-two. It's just a matter of who finishes. Uh, with more points. London has a couple of more victories um, as we speak right now. They have 40 wins. Windsor has 38. Um, you know, look at Sarnia. They're in the three spot at 70. You would think they're probably going to separate themselves in. from the rest of the pack within this. They're locked in. Yeah. So, so they'll be number three. Saginaw's not going to catch them. No. Um, I don't think Saginaw's spirit will catch them. Sarnia has that game in hand. Um, I'm actually thinking the Saginaw Spirit end up finishing sixth. Golf's hot. Owen Sound has those games in hand. Mm-hmm. So Owen Sound's got to get healthy, though. Yeah. Yeah. Guelph Storm right now are hot. They're seven and three in their last 10. They've won four in a row. Um, you know, they sit at 61 points, two points back at Saginaw. Uh, I, I think we have all of our playoff teams as we speak right now. Uh, Kitchener is six points up on Sault Ste. Marie with two games in hand. Yeah. Sault Ste. Marie has lost two in a row. They're three, five, and two in their last ten. You know, not that Kitchener's been great in their last ten. They're four, four, and two. So it's but six point lead. You kind of have to think that you know who's getting in in the Western Conference. Um, You know, and three games in hand for the Kitchener Rangers over the Flint Firebirds. They win those three games in hand. They're one point ahead of Flint, and they're the seventh place team. Uh, You know, still obviously getting Windsor or London. Uh, in round one, which I think that's kind of what we'll probably be looking at. But uh, we kind of have our playoff team set up. It's just a matter of positioning, right? You have your top three teams who they're going to be right now. So you're looking at the bottom of the conference. You know, Right now it is Guelph, Flint, Kitchener, although Guelph and Owen Sound are tied in points. Um, you know, what, what What's intriguing about these matchups, Colin? I mean, London Kitchener is always intriguing. Um, that's never a bad series. You know, you yeah. think of Windsor and Flint Troy you know, is the right across the border. Over. Of course, you'd like Flint and Saginaw for a playoff matchup. That's always very entertaining. But, um, yeah. you know, you're probably going to have to wait for Sarnia, London until round two or three um, if both teams get that far. Um, yeah, yeah, what yeah. what do you like about the conference heading into the playoffs or heading into the last month of the season going into oh. the postseason? Yeah, it's funny because Troy Islacar and myself have a big one on – I think we're on the Kitchener Rangers beating the London Knights in the first round. I think him and I are set in stone. The Kitchener Rangers are going to beat the London Knights in the first round again. Um, I don't like – and I mean, I feel like Kitchener and Peter Rule in the East are two teams you don't really want to play because if they get hot at the right time, they can beat anyone. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think like we're big on that train. I mean, we all know what Marco Costantini can do. Um and Brett Brochu last year was banged up. I think it's a big redemption story for him. I think he's got to play good against the Kitchener Rangers this year. Um, the last game of the year is going to be interesting to see because London's not going to play anybody. 
because I know they played Kitchener the last game of the season. And then if they have a playoff series, you're going to play them at least eight straight games. That's going to be a rough series. I was going to say, so that sounds like a – Yeah, that sounds yeah. like a Bowen game for the Knights. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and they're going to need him. They might need him down the stretch as well because if it's like last year, you know Kitchener is going to be around the net on Brochu getting yeah. his head a little bit. Um, veteran team in Kitchener now as well. Mm. But I would say London Kitchener is basically his – it's tough, right? They have so many games in hand on Flint. Flint, 59 points, 58 games. Kitchener, 54 points and 55 games. I would say it's a lock that the Kitchener Rangers are going to play the Windsor Spitfires of London Knights in the first round. I think that's the safest bet to say what's going to happen. I, th- I would also say I think it's a lock the Flint Firebirds face either the Windsor Spitfires or the London Knights in the first round as well. Damn. And that's a tough matchup as well for any team. So there's no easy – there's no easy outs in the West and no easy outs in the East this year, I would say. And um, I would say those are locks um, for the seventh and eighth spot. I think golf playing too good to get past um, mm-hmm. by one of those two teams. Uh, Erie Erie needs to win out or they're eliminated. I mean, only one team is eliminated from playoff contention. That is the Niagara Ice Dogs, um, who sit at 11, 38, 7, and 1. Which we saw coming for the last three months. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, I mean, the Erie Otters as well. You can see coming. Um, that's that's one thing about Kitchener with the Erie Otters. Uh, they've got a couple more games against Erie, so you think those are must-win games, and you have to think that if they want any chance at catching the teams in front of them, that starts with these two games coming up. They've got Oshawa and Erie to start off their week. Oshawa's coming off a big win, so you might catch them sleeping. Is that game at the odd in Kitchener? That is in Oshawa. Still tough, right? Oshawa's a tough place to play. On Oshawa a on a Wednesday. Oh, Wednesday, yeah, that's tough. Weeknight games are tough, and you're going to face a lot of them as the game's starting to tighten up here, and you've got to get games in with a month remaining in the schedule. But um, those those weeknight games in Oshawa are tough, right? It's not a place you really want to be. No offense to Oshawa. It's just not – it's a tough place to get to. And um, a nice arena, very nice facility, but uh, just tough place to get to. And uh, you can sleepwalk a little bit at the start in those games. And um, those are tough. But – uh. Kitchen, that's gonna be a big matchup. Leighton Moore goes back to Oshawa yep. for the first time, so that's big. And uh, I'm sure he'll be ready to go. But Kitchener's got to win those games. And the Erie Erie game is that on the weekend or is that on the weekend? That is Friday in Kitchener. Yeah, that's a big one. That's a big one. Kitchener Kitchener could win too. I would think they would win both. Um, you never know though with the Kitchener Rangers this year. So that's 58. Flint would have 59 points. That's still a game in hand on the Flint Firebirds. So that was interesting to see um, what happens there. But the Kitchener Rangers got to win. I know the London Knights and Windsor Spitfires want them to win as well. I don't think they're going to get out of that. But I don't think they're going to get past seventh. I think seventh and eighth is where the Kitchener Rangers will finish in the Flint Firebirds. Then right. also, also, Reese, who do you think gets in that four spot? Because I think that's the big debate. Who gets in the four spot, Saginaw, Owen Sound, or Guelph? I'd say those are the three teams. I say Owen Sound. Games in hand. I say Guelph. The way they're playing, eh? They got the goalie, too. Yeah, yeah Patrick was... Lever, that was big. That's a lot bigger than people big realize. And Oster was, too, for Oshawa. Yeah. He's been great. Both have been great. I think Guelph. I think Guelph moves to four. Okay. I, think you go, I think it goes Guelph, Owen Sound in round one. Oh, that'd be right on. That would be such a good series. So that because... then that would set up Sarnia and... Probably Saginaw. 
um, in round one for the three, six. And then of course, if the kitchen Rangers are able to use those games in hand um, to collect two points, then you probably be looking at Flint London as we talk right now. And well, it would obviously be uh, up for grabs as we got into the final weekend, but you'd be looking at a Flint or London, Flint Windsor or Kitchener, London, Kitchener, Windsor. Yeah. Um, in round one. 100% agreed there. Yeah. Do you agree? Do you agree? Kitchener seven, eight, seven to eight. I don't, yeah, I don't think Kitchener gets higher than that. Too many points, not enough games. That's Too the thing. Games. You're not climbing teams. You're climbing point totals. You yeah, got off to win. a horrible start, and London's able yeah. to rebound in a hurry. Yeah. Just give Kitchener London wasn't. credit. So give London credit. You look at the stats, right? They start off 0-4. We were talking about this this morning with Troy Islacar, and you're we're looking at it, right? And we're looking at the stats, and the London Knights start off 0-4. They lose to Sault Ste. Marie and the Erie Otters, two teams that are highly doubtful to make the playoffs. Um, one I know won't make the playoffs, and the other one is doubtful to make the playoffs. And the London Knights lost to both those two teams. And the fact that they rebounded and were able – I mean, their record is 40-15-2. After starting off 0-4, they have 15 losses. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. So uh, props to the Hunters, props to the players there, leadership. I mean – they did a good job at the deadline. I mean, we know firsthand what Winterton brings to the table, Reese. We know what we know what Humpy brings to the table, Ryan Humphrey. Uh, we know that he's we know the Adrian Carbonara of the Knights this year, but he can score a little worse. bit more. And he's worse than Carbonara because Carbonara, I don't think that uh, had that smile. Humphrey, hum, Humphrey has <laughs> yeah. that. Humphrey has that look to him where it's like. No, I think Carbs did. You saw it in 2018 yeah. when the Ice Dogs and Bulldogs went at it in round two. Carbonara was a big part of the rough stuff oh. in that series. You could you I, could see it. Uh, the two, the he two just could, he just wasn't a score. You didn't expect him to score. That's the thing. Hump, Humpy can at least put up points and set up guys. Absolutely. I mean, he's playing on the fourth line right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah the the West is a little bit more clear cut in terms of the top three. Um, you know, we'll move to the East here quickly before we hit the break. Uh, and I mean, it's really hard to have this debate for the Eastern conference. This is a Tough second one. last, last well, weekend. Um, Tough weekend for Kingston. Discussion. Yeah. It's, you know, K- Kingston now three points behind the generals for eighth. Um, it, it's still close. You know, Hamilton's five points behind Peterborough for fifth or for fourth. Same amount of games played. You would have to think, depending on the upcoming weekend, that fourth place kind of might be out of the reach for these you know, you know teams what? fighting for position at the lower uh, part of the Eastern Conference. Mississauga, three points ahead of Hamilton, so there's still that possibility that one team moves up into the fifth spot. Bulldogs, 58. 60 points. Yeah, Bulldogs, 58. Wolves, 56. Generals, 54. And the, and the front next, 51. No, you know, take your pick. The eighth place team is going to face Ottawa. You, you know lot. that already. Um, you're going to get a good team with North Bay and Barry, of course, in the two, three spot it, it, right now, the higher you get, obviously uh, this is probably a really stupid thing to say because of, uh, how, of how obvious it is, but you know, you're really looking, if you don't, if you avoid the top three teams in the Eastern conference, I give anybody a shot from four through eight to win in round one. Or sorry, four, the four or five spot, I should say, oh, to win in round one. Even if Peterborough is in that matchup, um, the opponent that they play, 
you know, you hope you catch Peter Rowe at a down. Right now, they've been playing better hockey. They've won four in a row. Yeah, They're yeah. five and five in their last ten, which which you, you expect from the Peets. They need to start playing better heading into the playoffs. But hey. you, know, you know, there's always the chance you peak too early and you go through a lull in the first round of the playoffs. The Peets, the Peets are going to win a playoff series, and even if they don't play good hockey, they are going to win a playoff series because they have Michael Simpson. Michael Simpson was the only reason why. Um, it was even close, what was close in that first round last year against the Hamilton Bulldogs. Michael Simpson was great. There were games where he kept them in the game to the third period, and uh, it was the only reason why. We know what Michael Simpson can bring in the playoffs. Um, that's why they will win a round. I think the Pizza will win a round still. They're, talent, they're talented. They have a good roster. Um, I think eventually the depth is there. Hopefully they find a play with one puck. It looks like they're starting to. I mean, we won four games in a row in the second half, and they have a good penalty kill, good special teams. One thing I'd like to see is Brandon Austin a little bit more down lower, put him in the bumper spot. Mm-hmm. We talked about that before. But uh, I like that. I like their team. I like Peterborough. Um, as long as they can start to uh, play with one puck, they'll be good. And they'll get, they're going to get saved by Michael Simpson. They're, it's going to happen. Um, so – I'm uh, I'm a big Peterborough fan going into the playoffs. I think they get that first round. Um, I looked at it last year, 64 points for the Peterborough Peets. That got them in the playoffs. 64 points is what they needed. And um, there was a big separation last year, remember, in in that hunt because the Sudbury Wolves had 53 points and Peterborough 64, Niagara 48 in 10th in the Eastern Conference. So it's just interesting to see what happens there, right? Um, points wise, what type of points you will need? My my speculation, I guess, you're going to need about 63, 64 points again. Um, does Kingston get that many points? Now that was a tough weekend, and I know they had injuries. I know they had a lot of guys out of the lineup. Ludwinski being one of them. Thibodeau, Soto. Thibodeau's a good faceoff guy. Soto's good. Um, they had a lot of good players out of the lineup this weekend, but unfortunately. You can't have that at this time of the year. And if you one bad weekend, you can be out of it. And you need another good weekend. You need a lot of teams to get cold real quick to get back into it. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I don't know if uh, Kingston gets in. It was a very tough weekend for them. It's one of those where it kind of – that's, you know, you got to have a big weekend this weekend. You got to bounce back this weekend. Or mm-hmm. this is the – out of any team with the most pressure going into this weekend is the Kingston Fronics. I don't know what their schedule is. But looking at the standings, 51 points and 50, um, and then Oshawa has 54 games or 54 points is three points up on Kingston. Um, no games in hand on Oshawa. Looking at that, Kingston has the most pressure going into this week. I don't know if you have their schedule, Reese, but I do. They have, they have the most pressure, I think, out of any team in the Ontario Hockey League. They have to win. Yeah. Um, I think take a wild guess. Who do they play twice this weekend? Wild guess. I think you you probably know the answer by my tone, but who do they play twice to start this week? They have a game Wednesday and Friday against the same team. Ottawa? The Ottawa 67s. Yeah. And then Saginaw coming off a loss. out the weekend. And Ottawa's coming off a loss. But what a travel for them. What a tough week of travel for the Kings and Frontenac. So. Yeah, so so – and I even looked further down their schedule, Colin. So they go home and home with Ottawa this week, finish off the weekend with Saginaw. Oh, then next week, they have a home and home with the Peterborough Peets. It's uh, tough. And I've, I, I got their full schedule. I'm going to keep going, Colin. Um, 
Mississauga, who's desperate for positioning, desperate for points. Yeah, they get them. He's going to have to win that game. Yeah, that's part of a three and three as well. They go in Peterborough at home against Peterborough at home against Mississauga. At least it's not like this weekend. This past weekend was a joke of travel. Friday yes. night at home. Friday night they Kings and Frontenacs played at home against the Mississauga Steelheads, lost six three. Saturday they go to Hamilton at four o'clock. That turnaround absolutely sucks. When we talk about equipment managers not getting the recognition they deserve, you imagine that you go from Kingston to Hamilton. That's not an easy trip. Uh, it's a boring trip. It's not fun. Um, and then you go right back home on Sunday to play the Windsor Spitfires at two o'clock. That's a very tough trip. It's a tough three and three. And it's why next year at the Brantford Bulldogs, those teams, Ottawa, Kingston, yeah. North Bay, Sudbury, I have a big question about that one. And I believe that next year they should take a game off of each of those schedules for the Kingston Frontenacs, Ottawa 67s, Sudbury Wolves, North Bay Battalion, put the four extra games against one, the Niagara Ice Dogs, two, the London Knights, three, the Kitchener Rangers, or Guelph Storm. London has to play Hamilton more than twice next year, or Brantford more than twice next year. They have to. Mm-hmm. They have to play the Kitchener Rangers more than twice next year. I mean, it's right up the road. And uh, they also have to the play- Niagara. Yeah, yeah. Niagara is a stretch to say. Yeah. But I would say London has to play Brantford more than twice. And Kitchener Rangers. Kitchener Rangers have to play more than twice. It's the uh, Brantford Bulldogs, which sounds very weird to say. But – I think those two teams, you like it makes zero sense. The schedule makes zero sense when you have a team from Kingston and Ottawa coming to Hamilton to play at four o'clock. And it happened to Ottawa this year too, about a month back, a month and a half ago now. Um, it makes zero sense. And when, especially when you have Kitchener just down the road from Branford and you have London just down the road from Branford, you have to do it. You have to have those games. I mean, I feel like the trip from London to Sarnia is the same to London to Branford. Has yeah. to be. Yeah. I'd say so. So yeah. um, like, that needs to change next year. But the Kingston Front Knights have a lot of pressure on them. And I feel bad for them in a way. But hey, this time you got to find a way. It's playoff hockey. And I don't know. That schedule sounds tough, Reese. <laughs> I'm not even done, Colin. Um, oh. Following that three and three, the rains it pours. They ha- oh, yeah. They head out on the road. Western trip. London Knights on Friday, Sarnia Sting on Saturday, and the Kitchener Rangers on the Sunday. That is March 17th, 18th, and 19th. They then are at home against Oshawa, at home against Barrie, and in Oshawa to finish the regular season. If you're looking at a team who will probably not get in because of the schedule late in the year, the Kings and Frontenacs are that team. And it all started from this past week, Reese. Yeah. It all started from this weekend, the three and three. Um, that this is kind of one of those things where it's like it sets the tone of, for the rest of the year, a month ago, right? Less than a month ago now in the season. And it's one of those things where you got to find a way to win those games. It's unfortunate you didn't have a lineup. I mean, guys, you got guys hurt and stuff. It's very unfortunate, but unfortunately, that it may be over for them. Um, it's going to be a tall task. Three points back already from the Oshawa Generals. It's at least two games gone, right? 
Um, I would imagine they need 62 to 64 points to get into the playoffs, and even that might not be enough if you see Oshawa at 54. They need at least they need at least probably 30 wins to get in. And they're at 29 losses right now. Six more wins. Do they have six wins in that schedule? Tough to say, yes. I know, but that's the only question I think. That's the only question mark I believe in the Eastern Conference. I don't see any other issues. Um, I mean, Sudbury North Bay would be a nice series for travel. Mm That would be a nice series for travel um, for those two teams. So, But other than that, I don't have really anything on the Eastern Conference. I mean, it looks pretty cut in stone. A big win for Sudbury on Sunday against the Hamilton Bulldogs. Bad loss for the Hamilton Bulldogs. Um, we talked on the Hammertown Reese that that was the Bulldogs' biggest weekend. They had to win both games. They didn't. Um, they weren't good enough. The Hamilton Bulldogs were not good enough, and it's scary because when you watch the Hamilton Bulldogs, and if you're a Bulldogs fan listening to this, you can see what we're saying when you watch the Bulldogs play where they'll win three games in a row. They'll look really good. They'll look like the Harlem Globetrotters. And then next thing you know, they'll play the they'll play a stinker, and um, and it's like okay, that's a team that traded Logan Morris and Avery Hayes, Gavin White, Ryan Winterton, Ryan Humphrey, George Diaco at the start of the year. That's the that's the team that did made those moves, and it's interesting. They don't have the secondary scoring at times. They had it Saturday, didn't have it Sunday, and teams can zero in on the Panwar Thomas Lardis line. So that kind of scares me with the Hamilton Bulldogs um, in a series, but we will see. Um, down the stretch but Sudbury definitely I think had a very good road game um, on Sunday afternoon and that was a very impressive win for them and that gets them right in the mix for the for the sixth spot and possibly the five spot if Mississauga can lose a couple all right time for another break when we come back uh, we just talked about the standings and what the playoffs could look like in a month we'll get to the power rankings that's next here on the OHL and 60 podcast Welcome back to the OHL and 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. Final segment before we wrap things up. Power rankings for this week. Five teams are already headed to the postseason. See what the power rankings have in store. Colin Ward, you're up first. Who is number five? Yeah, five for me. They looked very good on the weekend. They looked good on Friday night, even though they came up short with boots on the ground Friday night at Budweiser Gardens. Nice to be back there. I felt like a little kid again. Oh, boy. Um, memories of that place i mean that's an event that's one place where every ohl team needs to take notes of. i mean everyone in the chl for that matter london is a factory everyone knows that but london really puts on an event almost too much going on between plays than um there should be but uh london has a good event there but the sarnia sting looked very good in that game i mean benjamin godro played very well in that um kept that game close i like sarnia they're my fifth team Sarnia Sting. All right. For me, um, yeah, it's it's tough. I had them in North Bay, um, but I, I've got North Bay as number five. Um, that's solely based on having seven more points as we speak. I mean, Sarnia has been way hotter than North Bay has. North Bay's lost yeah. two in a row. They're four, five, and one in the last ten, um, but they've clinched. Um, they've put themselves in a really good position um, to win the division. So North Bay's number five for me. Yeah, for 
Four for you, Colin. Four for me. I mean, they're red hot. Barry Colts. Barry Colts, number four for me. Hey, I got to do that for our boy, Bo Jalzma. Got to go on the Barry train. Yeah. No, I, I have them at four as well. Play them in the first round either. Don't want to play them in the first round. No. I mean, we know Bo um, personally and uh, – Covering the Bulldogs, it'd be interesting. It would be weird playing the Barry Colts in the first round, just because we know and uh, someone's got to lose. So, it'd be interesting to see that. Yeah, first round. Uh, number three, three for me, the London Knights. Um, London to me is three, and just because I had some movement in the previous weeks, the other teams didn't drop enough. London to me is three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got them as well. They've lost two in a row. Um, that's solely based on it's a toss up between them and Windsor most days yeah. now. Um, so London's oh, look at three for me as well. We look yeah. at the eye. Committee. It's yeah. like when you go to the buffet, right? When you go to the buffet, all you can eat buffet. When you go to an all you can eat buffet, you're not going there thinking. I mean, I'm gonna get the nicest looking thing. You're not gonna go there and get the soup, the plain chicken noodle soup. You're gonna get the potato broccoli or something cool. You know, you're not gonna get the chicken noodle. So. That that to me, I just made a buffet, a soup buffet. How many what? trips do you take at Mandarin? By the way, bring up the buffet. I always ask people, like, how many trips at Mandarin do you take? This includes desserts. I've like, I feel like that's a good question. I've never been, never been to the Mandarin. Come on, I've never been to the Mandarin. I swear, I'm oh from Delaware. There is no Mandarin. Even though we will in a couple of years, we got about fifty thousand people living there. But he's never, um, never been. I've never there. been to the Mandarin, bruh. King's Buffet, like. Is that the one out in Brantford? Uh, there is one in Brantford. I've never been there, but I've heard about it. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, I'm not a big Chinese buffet guy. More, you know, you just order what you need. Man, honestly, it's not even Chinese food. Half really? the crap's American. Like, <laughs> like you've, so- got, you've got sushi there. You've got some Asian yeah. dishes, but, like. You're a sushi guy? Chicken. Yeah, it's all right. Oh wow! I got like get no on. seaweed. I am a seaweed guy. I don't know who the heck would ever want to eat seaweed. I've never understood that. But I saw that at Costco a couple of weeks ago. They were giving samples away, and it was seaweed. Yeah, it's weird. Mm-hmm. No. I'm getting the look right now in the background. By the way, about well, the for never being never going to Mandarin, you gotta take care of that, eh? Mandarin. Yeah. Okay. Next next weekend off. All for right. the Bulldogs, next day off on a weekend, I'll go to the Manor. All right. Sweet. That'll be. All right. Sounds good. Yeah, there's one in London, so there you go. Yeah. yeah. Well, there we go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, who's number two in the power rankings, Colin? Dude, two for me, the Windsor Spitfires. Um, Windsor's two. Yep. With you there, 100%. One point behind the London Knights, but they've been better of late. Well, I like Windsor. Yeah, I love their like winning coach. record right now. Yeah, um, which leaves the Ottawa 67s in first. They'll probably finish first overall uh, in the OHL standings this season for sure in the Eastern They're Conference in the East Division. Yeah, 5-0-1 in their last uh, – well, the streak that they're on right now. So points in their last six games, 7-2-1 in the last 10. Ottawa is a clear-cut favorite right now to be number one, and uh, yeah, they're really fun to watch. So uh, those Absolutely. are our power rankings for the week, and that's the show. For the week, Colin Ward getting stuck in London, having to do the show there. You know, me what? and Brantford waiting for the Bulldogs to arrive. So I am, de- I am enjoying right now a delicious KW craft cider. I got smiley face slippers on. I got a fish and chips T-shirt. I did a snow angel today. It's been a day. It's been a day. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
get rid of the snow. Yeah, absolutely. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, we always appreciate the listens every single week. Um, yeah. One month to go till the playoffs start. Everyone enjoy the weekend and we will chat again in seven days. Yeah.